Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Vegas Nation and Blue Wire Network. Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis. Uh, I am here with my great co-host, uh, Sam Gordon, who uh, also covers the Raiders and many other things for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, just so you guys know, um, you can access all of our work over at, um, if, you, if you download the app, Vegas Nation, or just go to VegasNation.com. We got you covered uh, with stories, photo essays, um, podcasts, videos, columns, uh, the whole nine yards. Uh, we've got you covered from A to Z uh, like no other, uh, honestly, uh, over at Vegas Station when it comes to Raider coverage and, and coverage of, of everything, uh, to be honest, at the Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, without further ado, actually, before I get to uh, bring in Sam, just want to let you know that the show is brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by Blue Wire and TickPick. Sam Gordon, how are you doing this morning? Vinny, I'm doing well. Happy Tuesday. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, probably not as well as the Raiders right now, and probably not as well, or but I'm definitely better than the Raiders uh, are in the first quarters, uh, <laughs> Sam. And, and that's exactly where we're going to start today um, because, uh, you know, they started slow again uh, in their loss to the Washington football uh, team, which was just a um, – are really, it was a damaging loss. There's no question. I felt like the Raiders needed to get to seven and five before heading to Kansas City this week uh, to go play the uh, um, division-leading Kansas City Chiefs. They needed to keep pace with the Chargers and everyone else in the AFC that are fighting for a playoff spot. And I felt like that was a winnable game against the Washington football team, Sam. But they didn't deliver, and they lost a game. They, to me, uh, against a team they were just better than, and that's kind of inexcusable at this time of year. But Sam, when we look at things, um, these slow starts, even in wins uh, a couple of times this year that were harder than they should have been because of these slow starts, before we get into the numbers, do you have any um, you know, uh, thoughts or, or insight into why this continually happens for the Raiders? Yeah, Vinny, it's a great question. Uh, it's something that I think we're both aware of that's dated back to the week one victory, even on Monday night football against Baltimore and, and early in the season games when uh, the Raiders were playing well. And when they were having some success, um, so starts were still an issue. And of course, going back to Sunday against the Washington football team, zero points in the first quarter, three points in the second, three points in the first half. Um, it's just, it, it's been something that's plagued this team all year. And it's really kind of hard to put your finger on. I, I think, um, it, it, it's just, it, it, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. It's like, what, what's the problem here? Because you look at the Dallas game and they fly out of the gate and, and they get off to a strong start and it really sets the tone for the whole game. But then so many times this season, uh, they're, they're three and out, uh, one first down and a punt, get to midfield and punt. It, it's 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 just that's been the formula for the Raiders early on. So it's it's really hard to, to kind of put a, put a, put a finger on it. What, what do you think? Do you have any ideas or why, why that's been the case? 
why I don't know, <laughs> uh, but I can we can we can go through some numbers really quick uh, that that are just beyond sobering um, for the Raiders, and and it really does tell the story of the struggles, uh, although not necessarily the whys uh, of the struggles, but just to get it out there, um, you know, because sometimes you look at things and it looks one way, and then you look at the numbers and it's completely the opposite of what you think you're seeing, but in this case. We're not only seeing it, um, it's being proven out in, in these numbers. Uh, check this stuff out here, uh, Sam. The Raiders are averaging the 18th fewest first quarter points in the NFL, um, and they're averaging 3.5 points per first quarter through 12 games this year. Uh, that's 18th fewest in the NFL, not where you want to be. To put it in perspective, oh, also their 42 points um, in the first quarter this year are by far their fewest of any quarter. Uh, and to put that in perspective, they're averaging six points in the second quarter, 6.5 points in the third quarter, and 5.6 points uh, in the fourth quarter. All three of those are, are healthy numbers, um, but uh, it's not good when, when you start off at 3.5 averaging in the first quarter. Uh, they've been outscored 72 to 42 this year in first quarters as a result uh, of their feebleness offensively in that quarter. Their 24 first downs, or yeah, 24 first downs in the first quarter are also their fewest per quarter of, of any quarter this year. Uh, to put that in perspective, they've got 43 first downs in the second quarter, 36 in the third, and 45 in the fourth. So remember, 25 first quarter first downs compared to 43, 36, and 45 in the second, third, and fourth. Their 44.8% per, first quarter possessions share, which kind of um, you know uh, totals your uh, time possession in each quarter, uh, for them in the first quarter, 44.8, that's 29th in the NFL. And over their last three mm. games, that drops to 35.5% first quarter possession share. Yeah. Mm. Um, now let's go to Derek Carr. Um, his 83.9 first quarter quarterback rating uh, is his lowest of any quarter um, this year. To put that in perspective, he's got a 100.5 QBR in the second quarter a 106.9 QBR in the third quarter and a 93.4 in the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, uh, that, that tells the num uh, uh, stories from a numbers perspective in terms of just how slowly the Raiders are getting out of the gate um, and the damage that, that it's causing. Even in wins, they sometimes have to battle themselves to get out of a hole. We've seen that a couple of times against the Miami Dolphins and the, and the Baltimore Ravens. So they're not making life easier for themselves in wins uh, necessarily. And certainly their six losses, you know, when you look back, they all follow that same exact pattern. Yeah, they certainly do. They, they certainly do. And, um, and that's just kind of, I mean, you look at the drive on, you look at Sunday, Vinny, the first two possessions, First possession, six plays, 24 yards and a punt. Second possession, three plays, seven yards and a punt, right? Nine plays for 31 yards over your first two possessions. You start out in a 7-0 hole. And as a result, you know, Washington, not a great team, a team that's playing well. Let's give credit where credit's due, four in a row, uh, to, to put themselves squarely in, in the NFC playoff picture. But it's really a nondescript um, kind, of, kind of team that's just been opportunistic on both sides of the ball, uh, making the most of their opportunities. But it's not like 
when you have a slow start like that, you let Washington get comfortable. They get their run game going. Um, they're able to, to, to take control of the clock. Once again, they, they possess the ball for uh, more than 33 minutes. So they win the time of possession um, battle in this one. But it, it gets Washington comfortable and in the flow of the game and gets them to do what they want to do, which is take care of the ball, run the ball, play action, get Taylor Heineke moving around, have him make some plays. And, and he was able to do just that. And even though the Raiders took the lead, uh, in the fourth quarter, I thought that slow start really set the tone. They, of course, once again, aren't really able to get their run game going because you're playing from behind. You have to throw a little bit more. Washington's just content um, playing ball control and, and having the game come down in the fourth quarter where they're able to, to execute a little better um, than the Raiders are. So uh, it's it's been problematic um, all year, to your point. It, it's been problematic. You're playing from behind. It's not like the running game has been a strength to begin with. We understand that, but you're really not able to use it when you're trailing by two touchdowns earlier, two touchdowns in the first half where you go down 10 points right away, it puts more stress on Derek Carr, puts more stress on the offensive line and the rest of the offense. Sometimes he's been able to respond to that. Sometimes he hasn't. That's just the reality of where they're at. Now they're at six and six. So uh, how, how much more crucial do you think a, a, a quick start is on Sunday against the Chiefs? Obviously, I think in Arrowhead, you want to start fast and be able to, to, to put some pressure on Patrick Mahomes in an offense that's been up and down at times, just like the Raiders. Yeah, and, um, you know, when, when you uh, analyze all of that and try to figure out the whys of it, you know, obviously execution comes into play, penalties have come into play, um, you know, inability to convert third downs comes into play, time of possession comes into play. Um, red zone uh, efficiency comes into play. Uh, but I want to get kind of basic with you here, um, Sam. And for me, you know, I, I, we watched the uh, Patriots game against the Buffalo Bills. And I, I know it was a crazy weather game. And, you know, teams had to resort to whatever, by any you know means necessary kind of mode uh, last night. A lot of what team you know both teams wanted to do try to do have been doing was just simply taken away because of the you know blustery conditions so um but i watched the patriots just deal with that right um they just said look not going to really be able to throw the ball um you know not going to ask mac jones to, to throw against that kind of wind and you know the, the the conditions uh and and some of the danger that that you, you know uh, could happen throwing into that kind of wind so what did the patriots decide to do just going to run the ball and the Buffalo Bills understood that after a while that that's exactly what the Patriots were going to do. Um, yet the Patriots were able to run the ball. They they were committed. Uh, they were efficient. They were effective. Um, and they controlled the line of scrimmage. That was the key to the whole thing. They, they were able to control the line of scrimmage. It didn't matter if the Buffalo Bills knew what was coming. The Patriots were able to still be successful. And I look at that um, ability to, for the for the Patriots to be able to do that when the when the entire stadium and all eleven players on defense knew what was coming and they were still be, they were still able to impose their will enough to win that game. Then I look at the Raiders and I don't remember a time at all this year, maybe a little bit in that Dallas Cowboy game, um, where the offensive line and the run game was just able to get the job done it's just been tough sledding all season long for the Raiders run game and if you want to get basic about it I think the inability to be able to successfully consistently efficiently run the ball has really damaged this offense this year Benny you take a look at the Raiders running game this year uh 27th in the NFL 88 yards per game down there with the Atlanta Falcons who also rushed 88 yards per game and the Pittsburgh Steelers who haven't been able to run the ball for years 86.9 yards per game uh, the Raiders this year averaging 
3.8 yards per carry. I think it's twofold, right? I think let's the offensive line, uh, well, it's had its moments this year, uh, isn't as good as that veteran unit of, of say, two or three years ago uh, when Josh Jacobs was averaging 4.8 yards per carry and, and playing like one of the best running backs um, in the NFL. We, we understand it's a, it's a younger unit. It's a different unit. Um, you're relying on young players to develop rather quickly. And uh, in some respects, it ha- that's happened. And in some respects, that hasn't. And then also, um, to, to, to your point uh, about the slow starts, when you're down 10 nothing or uh, or or you know 14 nothing like the Raiders have been at various times this year uh, and you're trailing the, the 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 kind of the natural inclination is to throw to get back into the game or to throw to, to put up um, points and, and try and quickly erase that deficit so uh, as a result uh, as a combination of those things um, the running game uh, like you said just hasn't been there um, it just hasn't been there all year I think the games where the Raiders have run the ball it's where their close competitive games and the pass game is also effective so the pass I think is more so set up the run but you're right. The good teams uh, in the NFL, I, I think where we're at, we understand where we're at. It's 2021. It's a passing league. We know that. But the best teams, when they need to or when they want to or have to, they can run the ball. They, they can they can at least produce a little bit on the ground situationally. And that just hasn't been the case um, for the Raiders this year. Whereas you look at the Washington football team, even though the yards per carry, all those things wasn't the most efficient, you're able to at least have – a steady rushing offense to control the clock, to keep, to extend um, drives. You can get a yard or two if you need to. And it's an element that you have to account for. I think opposing defenses are at the point now where they don't really feel like they have to account um, too much for the Raiders run game. And, uh, and that's, it's, I mean, it's week 13 or about to be week 14. How much can you really um, change at this juncture of the year? But it's definitely a component that was missing um, from, from what the Raiders had the last couple of years on offense, especially in 2019, the running game took a little bit of a step back last year, but Josh Jacobs still over a thousand yards and it was something you had to account for. That just hasn't been the case this year. And as a result, the, the, this team is getting out possessed. Other teams are having um, longer drives and it's putting more, more wear and tear on your defense, the defense that's been much better um, this year, but that we've still seen kind of fatigue late in games when the Raiders can't control the clock. So um, it's a, it's, a, it's been a problem. It's been an issue all year. And I think it's certainly hindered uh, what this offense can be. I think that goes without saying and now it is that time of the podcast we are joined by chuck esposito director of race and sports for station casino chuck joins us every week talk about the raiders the vegas betting landscape and all things sports chuck how you doing another uh, another wild week in the nfl it doesn't stop doesn't slow down uh, we're coming down to the home stretch how you doing i'm doing good sam i hope uh, you're doing uh Doing good as well, and, and all the listeners. I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, uh, pro football just from week to week, the the team that you think is the most dominant maybe isn't. Things have changed kind of dramatically over the last month um, across the board, and I guess it's kind of the norm outside of one year, which was last year, that the New England Patriots, with or without Brady, are sitting on top of the AFC, have the longest <laughs> winning streak in football, are undefeated on the road, and no one can name their wide receivers, and they've got two, you know relatively unknown running backs, a good defense, and they're dominating the league right now. Yeah, a little old school football, Chuck, uh, from the New England Patriots, not necessarily the formula we see um, in in 2021. I want to start right there. Uh, They go into uh, Buffalo as a three-point underdog and, and employ such a unique strategy uh, with with only passing the ball three times and still finding a way to beat Buffalo in that in those disgusting conditions, just brutal conditions. Chuck, at this point, do you feel like the Patriots have solidified themselves as the best team in the AFC? I think so, Sam. I, I think you know you could still make a case that it's the Chiefs. Maybe um, they've still they've won five in a row. Um, Miami's or uh, the Patriots have won seven in a row. But it is the same ingredient that New England 
had all that success with Belichick and Brady, especially early in, in Brady's career. He wasn't necessarily asked to win games. Um, he had to manage games and not make mistakes. Most people can't remember who the running backs were uh, during some of those years. It was wide receivers that were drafted late, um, no-name wide receivers, uh, and a defense that was stout. And it's the same recipe as that. And, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen on the later part of the season now, but, I mean, they're in a really good position. I mean, they head into their bye. Um, they've got another game, um, you know, at home against Buffalo. Buffalo plays at Tampa this week and then has to play at New England in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to put them up there right now, kind of as one and one, a with the chiefs, but ahead of what we're seeing out of, uh, out of Baltimore and, and kind of the Titans because of the Henry situation. So I would say yes. In the AFC, they are right at the top. No doubt about it. They, they certainly look like the Super Bowl contender playing, playing all three phases um, brilliantly looking like a Bill Belichick coach team. Want to shift gears a little bit, talk about the hometown team before we get into the lines next week, uh, the Raiders as a one and a half point favorite fall 17, 15 to the Washington football team, more of the same Chuck in terms of a uh, slow stagnant offense, not much going a lot of punts, not possessing the ball um, the way that they need to. As a result, they are a big, big, big underdog against the, the aforementioned Kansas city chiefs. Chuck, what's going on? Have, have you been able to put your finger on this Raiders team on the pulse of this Raiders team? What are you seeing um, week to week? It feels like they have the big explosive game against Dallas. And then they revert to where they've been the last three weeks with the, with the conservative offense with one punt after another, what do you make of the Raiders at, at this point in the season? Now that we're two thirds uh, of the way through, you know, you know, Sam, there's probably about four teams that I look at as kind of a Jekyll and Hyde type team. And it's mm-hmm. the Vikings are in that mix. Uh, the Raiders are in that mix, the Bengals and the chargers. Um, and from week to week, you're not always sure what, what team's going to show up. Um, you're right. I mean, they play a phenomenal game on Thanksgiving. Um, they're in a hostile environment. It's a tough spot. Um, Prescott's back and you beat the Cowboys and you really dominated that game. Um, it's some of the same struggles though, that we've seen for the last few years that, you know, they get off the hot starts early in the season and they kind of tail off, but this is a Raider team that still can't put teams away at home. Um, if you look at where they should be right now, they clearly let a game get away against the bears earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And the same thing against the Washington football team, they could be eight and four right now. And we would be talking about a game this week against the chiefs. That is for first place in the AFC West. Instead, they're on the outside looking in They're you know, battling a bunch of teams for a wild card spot, but extremely Jekyll, Hyde offense has some major question marks for me. They really need to get Waller back, but they just can't put teams away at home. And I think when you can't win at home, um, you know, it really hurts. And that was the case last year when they couldn't put teams away at home. And that's the reason that they struggled, I think, in the latter part of the season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been the same thing um, this year in terms of their home struggles. Uh, cannot quite get it figured out here at Allegiant Stadium. Um, shifting gears, Chuck, week uh, week 14 now. I can't believe we're already there. Week 14, this is the time of the year where you're seeing a lot of games between teams that aren't in playoff contention or a lot of games are starting to emerge where they're not super meaningful. There aren't implications. Let's talk about one where there is implications. The Dallas Cowboys go into Washington uh, as a four-point favorite. Cowboys have been one of the best teams in the NFL um, this year again the spread. Chuck, when you take a look at this Dallas team, are you buying any of the, the talk that, oh, they, they're, they're falling apart, they look vulnerable, or is it just December and that's what happens at this time of year? How do you feel about the Cowboys going into December, going into the home stretch? I'm not overly concerned about them. I mean, they're still 8-4. and four. They, They've won both at home and on the road. They, they've looked a little bit 
not as dominant as they did early in the season. I think more so, Sam, you're seeing that number drop because the product of Washington. Uh, it's hard mm-hmm. to believe that they're six and six and they have the longest winning streak out of any team in the NFC at four games. They win ugly. Uh, Henneke mm-hmm. does what he has to do. You know, one game, maybe it's Gibson. One game, it's McKissick when he's healthy. One game, it's McLaren. I mean, they just kind of win ugly. They're missing two defensive studs who are who are out for the year, um, yet they're still able to win games. So Ron Rivera is kind of winning ugly right now. But I still put the Cowboys as one of the top four teams in the NFC, top four or five teams, I should say, in the NFC right now. Bills have a short week. They go down to Tampa to play Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady and that offense who's coming off of another phenomenal performance uh, against the Atlanta Falcons, looking to be the front runner for the MVP at this point. Chuck, you take a look at this matchup with the, with the, with the Buccaneers giving three. They look like a Super Bowl team. They look like they're starting to figure out some things on that defensive side of the ball. What do you make of this matchup? Who, How crucial is this of a game for Buffalo at this juncture in the season with that gap shrinking between them and the other wildcard team? It's a huge game. I mean, Tampa is in a really good spot at nine and three. They're going to win the South. It's just where are they positioned in the NFC? Uh, They've won three straight games, not overly concerned with them. They're undefeated at home. Um, They're one of only two teams in the NFC that's undefeated at home. But I am worried about the Bills, and I think it's their inability to run the ball and their inability to stop the run. Uh, You you look at Taylor a few weeks ago with the Colts. He ran all over them. And shame on them for losing a home game in those conditions with with Mac Jones only only throwing the ball three times. You have to be able to stop the run in this league. They're seven and five. They're three and three at home. And they were extremely dominant last year. I think this is a huge game for them. If they lose here, they go to seven and six. They still have to travel to New England and play, um, not the following week, but in, in two weeks. So I'm a little bit worried about this Bills team that even if they get in, they sneak in as maybe one of the bottom teams in the AFC. They've got to play three games on the road. And, you know, they were envisioning they get the bye or any team has to go play in Buffalo in Orchard Park in late January. That's no fun for anybody, what we saw last night. But that's not the case right now. I'm concerned with this Bills team. And I think there's an outside shot if they stumble against, you know, Tampa and lose in New England that they don't make the playoffs. And this was one of the teams with Super Bowl expectations coming into the season, not quite the year they expected to have. They were the favorite, Sam, in the AFC. They, they, they have not looked like it one bit, Chuck, especially this last month and a half. They look good early. Uh, this week, we, we get the best matchup of the week, in my estimation, on the Monday Night Football. Uh, Cardinals hosting the Rams, Arizona, giving three to the Rams. Chuck, I don't, I don't take a ton away from the Rams' bounce-back performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars, understanding the competition there. What do you make of the Rams at this juncture of the season, given that they had lost to the top contenders that they had played? I'm still not sure on them. How do you feel about the Rams at this point of the year? I'm a little bit the same way, Sam, but even though the Cardinals are 10-2 and two and they sit on top of the NFC and they've won, you know, they're 7-0 and on the road and all road games by 10 points or more, they should have lost to the Vikings. Um, you know, they played really well. I, I look at this Ram team and I still think their defense is built to win the Super Bowl. Um, that was a huge loss, losing Robert Woods. You have to get Van Jefferson and OBJ kind of in the mix a little bit more. I still think they're a scary good team and it wouldn't stun me to see them still playing in their home stadium in February. I put them behind kind of the bucks and, and the pack right now, 
but I'm not sure on a neutral field, they're not the favorite against the Cardinals, or at least the way the betters would bet them to be the favorite. But a huge game for both these two teams. But you have to remember, the Rams already lost to the Cardinals at home. So a loss here would be catastrophic, and they'd be looking at you know a wild card spot. A win here, I think they make the NFC West a little interesting the last four weeks of the season. Chuck, before we get out of here, does anything else jump out to you as we take a look at the Wake 14 schedule? I think, Sam, it's just the amount of teams with the way it's structured now with the three wild card teams that are still alive for a playoff spot in both leagues. You mentioned there's a lot of mismatches, and you know we don't like those that much from our side of the counter. We had a stretch where a lot of good teams are playing good teams and bad were playing bad. You've got a lot of big point spreads here, but it really does. It really is highlighted for me by that Bills, Bucks, and Rams, Cardinals games this week. Um, but a lot of games with kind of wild card implications for a lot of teams. Talking about Baltimore and Cleveland, the Dallas Washington game, which we touched on, San Francisco, uh, Cincinnati. A lot of teams vying for those wild card spots, kind of playing each other this week, which should make it kind of a, an interesting week. Uh, 14 across the board for the betters and of course in the sports books. For a lot of those teams, Chuck, the playoffs have already started to your point. We appreciate your expertise every week. Looking forward to breaking down the slate of games with you next week as well. Thank you so much for everything. We appreciate it and we look forward to talking to you next week. All right, Sam. Thanks. Have a great week. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Raiders football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Raiders tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Now led under interim head coach Rich Bisaccia, everyone's going to want to see how the Raiders season continues to unfold and if they are in fact a playoff bound team. That's why you've got to visit TickPick.com slash Vegas Nation today to save $10 on your first order of Raiders tickets. Yeah, I mean, aside from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are you know, they're averaging 92.6 yards uh, per game, uh, but also 4.2 yards uh, per carry compared to the 3.8 for for the Raiders. Besides them, um, the only other team that's not averaging um, at least 100 yards rushing that would currently be in the playoffs would be the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they're averaging 97.9, uh, but even they're over four yards per carry. Uh, so um, they're they're more efficient uh, than the than than the Raiders, as are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Aside from that, you just mentioned a bunch of other teams that are not running the ball as well, and none of those teams are are really realistically uh, in the in the playoff hunt anymore. Maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers are kind of on the periphery right now. Uh, of, of the playoffs, but you know they're, they've got their own issues. So, you know those slow starts, and, and you know you had mentioned um, Sam getting into a hole, and that changes things. You know with your offense, and I agree it does. But getting in the hole for me is contributed by the fact that whether it's to start the game, finish games, um, during the game, the middle of the game, if you can't consistently run the ball, um, 
you're going to be you're going to you're you're putting a lot on now your quarterback to almost be um you know he just has to carry more of the load and and I think we've seen this with Derek Carr Derek Carr ranks anywhere from 11 by whatever measure you're looking at anywhere from 11th to 15th in terms of uh, NFL quarterbacks um so he's right there as as a top 15 quarterback not great and we're not nobody's saying that but but certainly you know, among among uh, the upper half uh, of the NFL, um, and there are certain days where he's just as good as any quarterback uh, in the NFL throwing the ball. But he's not somebody that is, is going to be able to just lift a team and put it on its shoulders um, and, and and lead the way. You know, with or without a running game, it's just not that, or with or without a defense, he's not that kind of a quarterback. And that's no disrespect to Derek Carr. There aren't a lot of guys that are like that. I mean, there's only a couple here and there that can Mm -hmm. do that, that are capable of doing that. Even if you look at some of these other really good teams that are in the playoffs, their quarterbacks are 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 good quarterbacks, but they're surrounded by you know just a good team and some, you know, teams that can run the ball, teams that can stop, uh, you know, makes defensive stops, teams that can protect the quarterback, all of that. Usually, you know, those good teams have all of those components going from, I don't think the Raiders necessarily do. And, you know, we go back, um, Sam to this, the decisions that were, that were made along the offensive line this year. Um, and I think it's been a season long problem. Let's, let's face it. You know, they, they traded Rodney Hudson, um, their center, they traded Gabe Jackson, their center, they also traded Trent Brown, um, their right tackle, for different reasons. Um, and, I, you know, I think at the time, Sam, it was a calculated risk. And the reason really why they had to do it, it wasn't that the Raiders woke up one morning and said, you know, oh, uh, let's trade Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson and be a better team for that. I don't think anybody with any common sense thinks that any team is going to be better off by trading those two players. But when you look at the salary cap, Sam, um, for the first time ever, the salary cap didn't go up by its normal $10, $12 million or so. Uh, in fact, it went down um, to 180 some odd million dollars from from uh, over 190 something million dollars. So um, really it was like about a $20, $25 million swing. Um, instead of going up to 215 or so, it went down to 180. And so not only did the Raiders have to get to 180 to start off with in order to make the changes that they had to make defensively they had to get well under it in order to go sign some players uh, that they were going to need unique and Gakway, casey hayward you know those those type of guys so one of the areas that they looked at was the offensive line uh, where they had some high price guys uh, veteran players that their calculated risk was trading those guys and rolling with younger players, you know, i.e. Andre James at center and drafting um, Alex Leatherwood at at right tackle. But as part of that whole thing, um, Sam, they are also counting on uh, a reduced salaried um, um, Richie Incognito, giving them, you know, in their mind, hopefully one more year. Denzel Good, who's coming off a decent year, um, locking down left guard. But obviously none of that happened um, because – uh incognito hasn't played one down good played one half of the first uh game of the season and that's it so they had to redo guard uh and then and then as a result of that they had to put brandon parker at right tackle not making excuses but i'm just saying like that offensive line you mentioned it earlier it just it just hasn't come together like the raiders uh had hoped it was a gamble 
And everyone understood that trading away those players, but one they kind of had to do in order to make some other changes uh, that they needed to make on, on defense. But if you want to start somewhere to me, that's kind of where it starts where this offensive, when you're talking about the offensive struggles, the offensive inconsistency, some of the issues in the red zone, you could talk about play calling. You could talk about all of that, but when you're not, executing up front it makes life really really difficult everywhere else yeah i mean games it, it sounds cliche and it really does and i don't mean to be cliche but like games are i mean the trenches are games are one and lost in the trenches so often the team that controls the trenches is able to win the game and like you said on that monday night football game new england was just able to control the trenches and they controlled the game whether whether they threw two three passes or not it doesn't matter they were able to dominate the line of scrimmage they win the football game they dictate the terms because they have the offensive line to do so. The Raiders haven't done that in any game really this year. I mean, again, the lines look good at times. Don't get me wrong. You play well against Philadelphia. You play well against Denver. It's had its moments, but in terms of really being able to control the trenches for four quarters, that's just not, this line isn't, it hasn't done that on a consistent basis. And Derek Carr's been under duress. As we talked about the running game um, can't get going. And it, it makes for, it makes for struggles uh, offensively. It makes for some inconsistencies. It makes for some, um, some poor play like we saw. And I think that this was the one question mark. Uh, I think we both thought this offense would be pretty good um, this year coming into the year based on what we saw last year. But I know this is the one pause we both had was how is this offensive line um, going to hold up? How is it going to look? And, and at, through through thir- 12 games, through 13 weeks, 12 games, um, we have our answer. And that you're right. It's at, that is at the root, I think, uh, of certainly some of these issues. A, a lot of these issues, definitely the ones um, with the running game. And it's just at this point in the season, what, do you, what can you like? What can you do? It's, it's really um, too late to, to kind of rectify that, in my opinion. Um, it's about just kind of making adjustments and, and working around it. Accordingly, what do those adjustments look like? I mean, we'll see if there are any made um, on, on Sunday uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think we saw some of the quick hitting uh, passing game, getting the ball down the field uh, against the Dallas Cowboys and then running the ball and having um, some balance there as the game wore on. We saw that against Dallas. Can we see that again in a big spot uh, on Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium? Will the line hold up against an in- a defense that's been playing better but it's been inconsistent throughout the course of the year? That's what I'm looking at. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, at this point, um, you know, it's you, you just got to figure it out. You mm-hmm. know, you got to figure out what you do well um, and and kind of try to maximize uh, that. Um, uh, and and part of that now is going into the Kansas City, into Kansas City, where a notoriously tough place to go play. Last year, the Raiders won in Kansas City, but there were really no fans there. So it's going to be a game changer um, with the fans. But you know, um, they got to figure out a way. They have to figure out a way with or without a running game um, uh, to, to be able to get off to more efficient starts and um, be able to ball control somehow, whether it's with short passes, uh, you know, wh- whatever the case might be, um, in order to maintain possession of the ball and be efficient when you get over uh, on the other side of the uh, 50-yard line. That's an area that has been really troublesome for the Raiders this year, the red zone, you know, crossing the 50-yard line on on Sunday against um, Washington. They had one touchdown and four trips uh, over, you know, to the to Washington side of the field. You can't have that, uh, you know, happen. It just – you need to be more efficient um, and, and score more points. And it just seems like it's been a season-long – uh, issue, you know, and, and and when when the Raiders lose, here comes everybody saying, you know, go bench Derek Carr. Well, I'm not so sure that 
you know, um, first of all, at this point in the season, he gives the Raiders, I think, the best chance to win. So uh, he's the best option. You want to have that conversation at the end of the year in terms of, you know, moving in another direction? Uh, yeah. And I think every year that we've, you know, that the Raiders have been in Las Vegas and we've been covering them, that is a conversation that we have every single year with decision makers and, you know, what's his future? Is he the guy? You know, it's a constant um, source of conversation in regards to Derek Carr. I would say, Sam, no matter who they bring in at quarterback, they better also do something with the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They better also do something with that run game because it's whoever they bring in at quarterback, whether it's Derek Carr or somebody else, um, it, it's, it's going to be difficult to, um, to 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 win if you're not able to to consistently run the ball and consistently uh, protect in 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 pass uh, protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no question. And and no question about that, whether that's going out there and getting a couple of vets in free agency, whether that's drafting a, another offensive lineman. Uh, we'll see. I mean, those are the, the kind of the methods, whether it's trade, you know, some there's some there's always I mean, look who the Raiders traded away. There's good offensive linemen available through trade. Uh, every single year, are the Raiders going to be the team opportunistic enough to pounce on that um, during the offseason? We'll see. But that's that's definitely um, uh, uh, an area that of concern, an area that needs addressing um, one way or the other during the offseason. And, and it was – I think the offense in part was better last year because that unit was more stable. And it just hasn't been – the stability um, on up front hasn't been the same. And I think that, like to your point, Vinny, that's part of the reason we've seen some of the, the inconsistencies and the struggles um, that we have at, at this point in the season. With all that, though – uh, it's the Raiders are still they're still six and yeah. six, Vinny. They're still six and yep. six. They're not yep. completely out of the mix. Like they're still right there. Uh, can nine and eight make the playoffs? Is it going to be ten and seven? I, I think it's probably still going to be ten and seven. But you don't know. And the Raiders are going to have the opportunity to play teams they're competing directly with for playoff berths. Like it's not as bleak as it is, and it is bleak. And we have to be realistic about how poor the team has played for the last five weeks, but. Mathematically, um, like we discussed on your radio show Monday, it's not it's not over. It's not over yet. It isn't, and uh, I, you know, uh, but it is bleak, like you mentioned. And the reason for that is it's not like they've surged to get to six and six, and you know they're 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 playing with a needle pointed uh, directly up. You just mentioned what are they lost four of the last five? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> you know um, that that tells the story, like. It, do you expect a, a team that's one and four over the last five to suddenly be four and one over the, over the last five, which is what they're going to probably have to be um, in order to, to make the playoffs. So completely flipping a script mm-hmm. that they've been operating on for more than a month seems pretty dubious, but like you said, um, it's still possible. So, and until it's not possible, then you have to operate under the under the the mindset that anything is possible. So, um, uh, and that's and that's where the Raiders are. That's why I reject the notion. And I know people on Twitter like it. You know, ask Rich Basaccia if you know uh, when is he going to bench Derek Carr to get to market and give it to Marcus Mariota. Come on, you know, like Sam just said, there's six games left. They're still in the playoff hunt. Um, realistically. That they literally are, so it's not you know uh, a lot of things have to happen, including them getting on a roll, obviously. But I don't think you bench the starting quarterback when you still have a chance to to make the playoffs at all. No, I'm, yeah, I'm 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 with you. I'm with you. Uh, this uh, this hasn't you know statistically, Derek Carr's played played well. I, of course, I, I think we'd agree it's not his his best season um, per se. Even though the statistics, uh, there's some some very positive um, statistics for him. But like 
Marcus Mariota, I think I don't think he's just going to miraculously be the answer and, and, and change life um, at this point in the season because of the issues that we talked about. Sure, he brings another dynamic with his legs, but Derek Carr in their victories has played very, very well uh, and is still more than capable of doing so um, down the stretch here. So I'm with you. It, it would be one thing if the Raiders were, you know, three or four games out of, of the, the, the seventh seed and there was two or three games left and you wanted to get a look at Marcus Mariota, that's completely different. But with where they're at right now, uh, I'm with you. I think it's unreasonable at this point in the season, the bench. So, you know, uh, Sam, and, and, and the question always is, or the question is, can or will uh, the Raiders, you know, win on Sunday in, in, in Kansas City? You know, the will is dependent on the can. Can they? Are they capable? Of? In the past, the way the Raiders have played uh, these last five games, I'd say, I'd say no way. Um, but the Kansas City Chiefs haven't exactly been lighting the world on fire themselves. So I do think that there's an opportunity um, if the Raiders can play the kind of game they played against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I guess I'll throw it to you. Can they still do that? Will they still still do that? What are your thoughts on uh, Sunday against the Chiefs? Um, can they? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think they. I think they can. I mean, the, the win with the win at Dallas uh, on Thanksgiving was. I mean, even given Dallas' situation with receivers being out, was as impressive of a victory that the Raiders have had all year as, as well. They played, and that was just a week and a half ago. Dallas, even though their offense was was hampered a little bit, and you know, still played well, but even though they didn't have their their top receivers. That's still a really good defensive team. Like Dallas is a good defense and has been throughout the course of the year with playmakers at all three levels. With, with that's, that's getting healthier as the year wore on. And the Raiders hung 36 on them. Can they go into Kansas City? I don't, I'm not saying they're going to hang 36, but yeah, we saw that though. The roster that they have, the players that they have, um, if they can get Darren Waller back, you, you, you can move the ball. Like you, you have the, the personnel to move the ball. And then um, defensively, if if Gus Bradley makes some adjustments from the game plan that they had on Sunday Night Football and, and plays the Chiefs how other teams have been playing them with the two deep look uh, and, and just kind of taking away their deep stuff and make, make Patrick Mahomes be patient, you're going to have an opportunity to make some plays there too. The, 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 the Chiefs offense again on Sunday was not good uh, in a very, very kind of bland victory over the, the Denver Broncos, a game that wasn't super interesting uh, by any means. Patrick Mahomes was very pedestrian again, which we've seen from him a few times this year. He's still having an awesome year, all things considered, but just not as good as the standard that we've seen that he set for himself um, the last few years. He's been a step below that this year. If, if you can defensively um, maybe get a turnover or two, uh, force a turnover, and, and Patrick Mahomes has, has thrown some picks, a lot of them on deflected balls and whatnot, but he's been turning the ball over this year. You get an interception or two, um, you're able to get uh, some pressure, which the Raiders have been able to do pretty consistently throughout the course of the year, uh, and, and you and you are able to score some points and, and go down the field and challenge a, a defense that's played a lot better um, over the last month or so, like last month and a half, then yeah, can you can you squeak out a close game? Sure, that that's the blueprint. I don't know if the Raiders can execute that or are going to execute that, but they have the personnel to do it. They have the personnel to beat Kansas City, um, and as we've seen, they also could get blown off the field. I mean, they, that's what happened uh, in the last you know twenty minutes of the game here at Allegiant Stadium. So I don't I don't think it's going to happen. But but you asked you asked me you know can it happen? Sure, there, that's that would be the blueprint. You need Patrick Mahomes to have one of those games where he's turning the ball over, and you got to get some big plays offensively and tap into some of that, 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 that stuff down the field that they were tapping into earlier this, uh, earlier this year, especially in that Dallas game, then you have an opportunity. That, that would, I think, would be the blueprint. And if you're, it's, you're seven and six, you go into Cleveland. Cleveland's been a disaster offensively all year. They just stay the quarterback. They haven't been getting great quarterback play. So that would be an opportunity there. I'm not banking on either one of those two things by any means, 
But if you can handle business on Sunday and it's a tall, 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 tall task going into Kansas City against a team that's playing great, um, you, you set yourself back up. I'm not I'm not expecting it by any means, but it's, it's certainly possible. Uh, absolutely. And uh, right now, it's not just – I guess it's, uh, the word is – it's mandatory. Uh, forget about passing, yeah. uh, you know, uh, possible. It's mandatory. The Raiders have to get on a two-game winning streak here. Uh, they have to get to eight and six. <coughs> excuse me, to put themselves in any sort of, um, you know, uh, on, on any sort of solid ground uh, to, to make the playoffs. So uh, they got to win on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. They got to um, make a trip to Cleveland right after that uh, and go beat the Browns. That's it. Um, and then after that, you know, once they get to eight. Um, then they could deal with the rest, but 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 you know obviously it starts with the next one, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. And to me, this is a game that they that they have to win. You can't put yourself in a position where you got to just win out the rest of the way. Um, you got to give yourself a little bit of wiggle room. Can they? Will they? I don't know, but we're going to find out here pretty soon. Uh, and we'll we'll be back next Monday for sure, or next week to, for sure, to talk about whatever did happen uh, at Arrowheads uh, Stadium on, on Sunday um, and. We want to say thank you to all our listeners. Uh, you're why we do this. We really appreciate the support. Again, go download our app, Vegas Nation, uh, or just go to VegasNation.com and check out everything that we have to offer in terms of Raider coverage. We got it covered from A to Z. Uh, Sam, thanks so much. We will talk to you next week. Want to give a, a great thanks to Larry Muir, our great producer. Uh, thanks for always keeping us on time and making us sound really good. Larry, you really appreciate uh, all the hard work. Work until next week. Um, enjoy the week. Enjoy the game. Uh, Vegas Nation first. 10 is out. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me the local favorite.